My guest today is the owner of a leading Colorado independent insurance agency that provides exceptional long-term value to its clients through expert advice and creative solutions and uncommon service for their risk management insurance and employee benefits. He's currently involved with La Puente Organization or Enterprise, which serves the at-risk population in San Luis Valley. I'm pleased today to have here for the first time Dan Bowers with CIA Levitt. Dan? Thanks, Bob. Question for you. La Puente organization in the San Luis Valley, where is that located? It's located throughout the valley. We've got uh, food banks and transitional housing throughout. The main headquarters is in Alamosa, Colorado, okay. uh, where the homeless shelter is and as far as the shelter and things like that. And then everything kind of operates throughout the valley based out of that hub, the okay. corporate headquarters there. So what caused you to get involved? I bought an agency in the valley in 2001, mm-hmm. insurance agency. Mm-hmm. And shortly thereafter, I'd met uh, a gentleman by the name of Lance Cheslock, who's the executive director for La Puente. And he impressed me. I mean, that's really it. He impressed me. I got involved with La Puente because of the executive director. He's the kind of guy that if, if he wasn't in the not-for-profit world, he would be a multimillionaire somewhere else. But he's down there busting his tail every day for 35000 bucks a year because he believes in his mission. And I thought, well, I'm into people who believe in what they do. And that was what this guy was all about. And, and obviously their mission was to serve the homeless and, and the underserved and, and children as well. And so for me, what, what's not to like about that? Well, that's interesting to watch folks get involved you know, with, with passions and so on. Where do you suppose that your passion for being involved in this organization came from? I don't know if I've ever given it a lot of thought. I mean, my mom, I root for the underdog. Mm-hmm. And my mom's always rooted for the underdog. I'm sure that's where I got that. And she's always rooted for the underdog. And, and you know, we're all a little bit of our brother's keeper. And, I, mm-hmm. and I, so I probably got that from my mom. But my dad gave a lot back. You know, he was a businessman in Des Moines, Iowa. And he, he was involved, you know, whether it be the YMCA or different charities there. And mm-hmm. so probably a little bit both, but my mom probably being you know, certainly the bigger leading, bleeding heart of, of the two, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's just a great lady. But So, you know, looking at your, your youth and growing up, your folks pretty influential, you think, in your success in later years? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, they had their share of struggles. Mm-hmm. And I came from a, kind of a rough background, kind of poor, kind of lots of family issues, dysfunctionality. I mean, they have names for it today. They didn't have names for it when I was growing up. For it. But, you know, I could give you all the names, but I, I don't think it matters. But what I did have is from zero to eight or nine, I had an incredible childhood. I grew up real fast after nine. But those first eight or nine years when my parents got along and everything was working really well, yeah. I mean, had five brothers and sisters, and it was it was a great life, yeah. Did, did you see when you were a kid the same kind of – leadership you know when when did you start noticing that you had leadership and entrepreneurial bent did you see it as a kid or did it come later yeah i think it definitely came later i never saw myself as a follower like in middle school high school things like that i didn't hang out with any group in high school i mean you know when you think about think about the high school days bob i mean you had these little cliques in the 70s even today you know you've got you know you've got the athletes you, you had drug users in the 70s. You had, um, uh, you just had different groups. And I kind of got along with all the groups. I didn't hang with any group. I just kind of hung out with all the different groups. I'd get along with the athletes. I could get along with, 
with any of the different groups that were out there. And and so I suppose I realized that I, I wouldn't call that leadership because I wasn't leading any of them. I was just getting along and making my way. So, you know, kind of looking back to a comment that you made earlier, you talked about where you purchased an insurance agency um, down in the valley. Um, what what was kind of the, the thought process and what led you to purchasing that agency? And kind of take me through the, the journey of what it was like when you started and where it is today. I got into commercial insurance and worked for a company for 14 years. Great company. They're, they're out of business now, but they were great at the time. 100-year-old company. And we wrote commercial insurance for anybody with the last name of dealer, auto dealer, boat dealer, RV dealer, truck dealer, equipment dealer. And, you know, I was very successful with them in their world. You know, there was probably 120 agents on the ground. I was always in the top 10 in new business production and taking care and retention, client retention. But after 14 years, I kind of got to that pinnacle that there was no place else to go. And so I wanted a new challenge and the new challenge was to own my own business, not work for somebody else. It's kind of funny, I'll never forget, I was in Puerto Vallarta receiving the number one producer award from American Hardware Mutual. I hadn't signed the deal yet to buy this agency, but I was leaving. And uh, it was just kind of the irony, you know, they're handing me this award, you're number one. And then I left uh, four months later. <laughs> so, I mean, because I, I had kind of achieved everything I could achieve there because it wasn't about the money anymore. I was making good money. It was about achievement. It was about mm -hmm. personal development and achievement. When you were talking about being the top sales at that early company, what do you think were the, the key components or, or habits or behaviors that you learned or used to, that drove you or took you to the top of that firm? Well, I mean, I think I think that all good salespeople have an inner drive to be the best. I think I certainly have a drive to be the best at whatever I do. But then realizing that maybe I'm not the smartest guy or maybe I'm not this or maybe I'm not that. But I figured I, I can outwork anybody. That's the way I looked at it. And so, you know, maybe something would take a really smart guy two hours to do. It might take me five. But I was willing to put in the five. I mean, do what it takes to make it. I mean, that's what it's about in my brain. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of commentary nowadays. I think Will Smith has talked about it a lot in some reference to a treadmill. And he said, if you're on a treadmill and I'm on a treadmill, he said, I'm either going to win or die on the treadmill before I get off. You know, and, and right. I, I see that. And it's I think there's a lot of that behavior. Was there a particular mentor that was influential in your early years? You know, in my business career, you know, I think I had some really good mentors. Uh, I remember I had started with this insurance company, had worked for about a year when they brought on board a guy that had been doing it for 20 years. And, oh, my gosh. I mean, he was charisma. He was, in fact, he was a great guy, but really wasn't that smart in insurance. Just people loved him, though. And so I learned that. You know, I learned because I really knew insurance. But what he taught me is, how to be endearing, how to how to be liked by people, and uh, obviously was instrumental in, in getting me where I'm at. I mean, you know, it's funny. I mean, I, I think that different people all the way along impact your life if you're willing to listen. You know, and I always taught my kids, and, and I think my parents taught me that if you're willing to listen, you know, even the homeless man can teach you something if you're willing to listen. But if you're unwilling to listen, 
If you can't hear somebody else speak, you're going to be on that treadmill the rest of your life because you're not learning anything. You know, and, and before we go too far down the road, I wanted to make sure that if folks were going to reach out to you and wanted to, to contact you, what's the best way for folks to find you? You know, my email is uh, dan-bowers, B-O-W-E-R-S, at levitt.com. And that's L-E-A-V is in victory, I-T-T dot com. And our website, C-I-A-Levitt, L-E-A-V-I-T-T dot com. I appreciate it because, you know, I, I'm struck by the comments of how to become endearing and, and how that's a learned skill, you know, because you know the product. And, and then, you know, you look at the ability to listen and learn, and everybody has something to offer. Of course, the old cliche is some have more to offer than others. But, Amen. you know, you think about when you transition from the other company and you bought the agency in the Valley, what were the metrics of the company when you bought it? And, and basically, what have you seen over the past almost 16 years to this point as far as change in metrics? When I joined CI11, I was the seventh employee of the organization. I mean, you know, ebbs and flows, but I was number seven. That was in 2001. So they had been in operation for 19 years at the time, and I was the seventh agent. Currently, we, we sit with two locations now, one in Alamosa and one in Colorado Springs. There's 29 employees. Uh, so we've had some, some exponential growth over the last 15, 16 years. So. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So when you think about the agency that you started with, and you know the growth didn't happen just because people showed up. If there was a critical few or one or two things that you did in the agency to change it from being the seventh employee to quadrupling the headcount better than that, what do you think are the key one or two things that you did that changed the metrics? I continue to, to use my philosophy that hard work is what gets it done. You know, if it takes 60 hours a week, it takes 60 hours a week. If it takes 90 hours a week, it takes whatever it takes. We've got a great team that we've hired that support our clients and our customers. I think one of the biggest factors is customer first. I mean, we take care of the customer. That's been my philosophy since I got in the insurance business. If you don't worry about your paycheck and how much you're making, but you worry about taking care of the customer, oh my gosh, you make a ton of money because you're taking care of the customer and the money will follow if you take care of the customer. If you're worried about your own paycheck and you're worried about taking care of you, it doesn't work. That's to be said for any service-related kind of industry, that if you're more worried about you and you're more worried about the business and you're more worried about yourself and the customer comes second, it don't work. And that's why you see a lot of businesses in my mind go out of business because you take care of the customer. And if you take care of the customer, everything else works out. Money, profitability, everything. You know, when you're looking at growing your business, you know, and you start out and you're enthusiastic and you're going like, you know, I have a vision for the, for the company. In your history, do you think in, in the efforts to gather customers, was there one thing that you did that sticks out in your mind as one of the smartest things you did to grow your business? You know, what I continually hear is when you bring new people on, what you instill is work ethic. That's the plan. You know, I mean, you know, everybody that comes to us that goes to work with us, you know, they bring in different values and different work ethics and mm-hmm. and a different set of how they look at things. And, you know, if they come from a world where the customer wasn't treated first, they find out pretty quickly that that's, that's the most important thing in our office. You know, back on your thought on the one thing, I guess I would just expand on that customer first. I mean, 
when I say customer first, that means when a mistake, you know, hey, we all make mistakes. Mistake is made in my office. The client doesn't have to go search a legal remedy to fix it. We take care of it. I mean, you know, if we make a mistake, we're going to fix it. And literally that means what? Well, it means you call me up to add a car to your policy. And for some reason, because of humans, it doesn't get added to your policy. And day after tomorrow, your wife totals the car. You don't have any insurance because we didn't get it added. But that doesn't mean you didn't think you had insurance. You, you mentally have paid us for insurance. So yeah, I guess I just bought a $27,000 car or whatever it is. Do I want to? Oh, geez, I don't like losing money just like anybody else. But we said we were going to cover it, so we take care of it. End of story. I mean, It's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do, period. I mean, when I started this journey to become an independent agent in 2001, you know, I'm going to plug the Levitt Group for a minute, just mm-hmm. for a second. You know, in my journey when I decided to, that I didn't want to be an employee anymore and I wanted to go out on my own and start my own business, I could have started my own business from scratch, taken all the exposure, all the risk, but I selected a partner. The name of the company is called Leva Group. They've been around since 1953. At the time, they were probably the 50th largest insurance agency in the United States. Now they're about the 12th largest. And I partnered with them for one reason, integrity. What they say is reality. You know, yeah, we have legal documents. Yeah, we have legal contracts. But it's still a handshake. It's still doing business the old-fashioned way, knowing that nobody's playing a game that you know it is what it is and and i think that's how we also run our agency it is what it is i mean there's nobody here to pull shenanigans if we do it right geez we appreciate a thank you we don't get it that often right i mean we're a service business so you don't get a lot of thank yous you just get when when there's a problem you get to hear about it is there a person that you follow or that that's been influential whether it's a ceo or an author that's made an impact on your business john maxwell Mm -hmm. He's certainly provided inspiration over the years. I mean, you know, Christian-based. Mm-hmm. You know, I've read a little of everything and and a lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about, uh, before we got on, we were talking a little bit about Richard Marchenko, the SEAL Team 6. You know, he wrote some great books in the in the 80s. You know, I read those. They were, you know, I read them for the literature value, but, but I ended up getting some of the leadership value mm-hmm. from them. I didn't know that's why I was reading them. I just thought they were great nonfiction books to read. You know, I don't know if there's anyone in particular. Again, I think it goes back to what I was saying about when when I was in high school, I kind of just got a little bit from everybody. Mm-hmm. I hung out with the athletes for a while and got a little something, you know, I learned some value from them. And and like I was saying earlier, I mean, even hanging out with the, the folks that did drugs, I learned something from them. Maybe, maybe not what to do, right? Maybe things I shouldn't do. But, you know, I, I just kind of have been a, an observer of life. And I kind of watch people and try to take the good things of what each person brings to the table. I'll explain what I do that probably a lot of people can't do. You know, when I meet somebody and I get to know them, I may not end up liking them personally, but I like their business savvy. I like their business acumen. And then I mean, meet somebody else and I feel they're unethical in business, but I kind of like them personally. Do, do you know what I mean? I, I, I actually compartmentalize people i mean to a degree where because everybody's got good and bad i mean everybody including me including you we all got our good and bad if if somebody judged me strictly for the silly things i've done over the last 
50 years of my life, if that was it, if they just pulled out the bad things, well, I don't think anybody liked me, frankly, including my wife. But again, I, I think we all have good and bad. I, I try to look for the good in everybody. I, I don't ignore the bad. D- don't misunderstand me there. I wouldn't partner with somebody that I thought was unethical, mm-hmm. okay? I may go out and go hunting or I may go do something because I like that part of them, but I'd rather not do business with them because sure. I don't like that part. And so I don't think everybody does that. I think people either like people or they dislike people. It's a pretty short list of people I dislike. It's just a short list because I guess because I try to find the good in everybody. I mean, you know, you think about that as, as a moral compass when you look for the good. It's easy to find the bad. Oh, oh boy, isn't it? You know, and I, mean, and I think society gets a little too wrapped up, and, and I think it all boils down to asking yourself the wrong question instead of saying, what's wrong with this person? What's right with them? What do they have to offer? Where's their genius? You know, and, and kind of wrapping this up, if you were going to talk to somebody that's interested in your career field and you were going to function as their digital mentor, you know, if there was a, a couple of things that you would encourage them to adopt as key components to be successful like you are, what would you tell them? I think you need to start with a base of integrity. And in our industry, I think a lot of people get into, whether it be insurance or any other industry of sales, in, you know, I think there's a lot of people that suggest it's kind of a quick, you can get rich, da-da-da. But it's really all about doing it the right way. I mean, if you do it the right way, you would end up doing very, very well. But you got to do it the right way. And so I think it involves integrity, persistence, hard work. I mean, just kind of those basic rules that I think you learn growing up in Iowa. That's the way it is, I mean, in Iowa. I mean, maybe it isn't today, but it certainly was 50 years ago when I was growing up, is what do you bring to the table? I mean, what do you bring to the table? It's interesting as as you think about it, you bring new folks into the organization and you kind of go, you know, and in, in both of us have seen it, where you they think there's a secret handshake. You know, and if you if you just knew the secret handshake, that would be you'd be successful. And the reality is, I think, is the genius in doing small things well repetitively. You know, what's that old thing about, you know, the martial artist? You worry about the guy that knows ten thousand moves and he practices them, or you want to worry about the guy that practices one move ten thousand times. And, yeah, I, and I'm, I really, I'm more worried about the the one that practices one move ten thousand times because at the end of the day, he really, really knows what he's yeah, doing. He's he's the and master. Yeah. Agreed. You know, so, you know, to, to kind of wrap it up, Dan, you know, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Really appreciate your support and helping out the folks in the San Luis Valley. Oh, you yeah. know, that's that's a great place. And in fact, It is. It's a wonderful rural community. I'll be passing through there this evening after we get done here on the way to Durango, Colorado. And guys, I would encourage you to reach out to Dan if you can at CIA Levitt in Colorado Springs. Dan, thanks for your time. Hey, thanks, Bob. You bet.